Don Luca, smoke you like my hookah Pump fake right, then I step back in illusion That's a boss move maneuver, billionaire entrepreneur Mark Cuban on the viewer, put you rookies on a skewer I stay shitting on you boys like I came up from the sewer Used to have a lot of dollars, now I got a lot fewer What you saying to me? I hope you save it for me I'm about to kill the game, and I put it in my testimony Hi, welcome to the Mainstream Mass Podcast. This is your host, Will. I'm joined here by my co-host, Jaren. What is up, guys? Today, we are going to be dissecting the Mavericks 2023-24 schedule. The Mavericks social team brought a great schedule release video for us on Twitter here. For those of you guys haven't che- that haven't checked it out, go to the Dallas Mavericks page on Twitter. Watch the uh, schedule release video. Um, it goes extremely in-depth. Um, very very uh, all-encompassing coverage that they got going on there uh, at the Dallas Mavericks social team. Um, but in all seriousness, it actually is of much better quality than I think a lot of the things the Mavericks social teams have done in the past. So shout out to them. But you can find the full Mavericks schedule on their website, on Twitter. It's basically posted everywhere. Um, but there are obviously a lot of marquee matchups and dates that we're going to be going into. And we're also going to be covering the Mavericks' toughest junctures of the season and the schedule you know what stretches are going to plague them the most when are they going to be on the home most at home most when are they going to be on the road most uh when are some of the mavericks um you know going to face off against some former mavericks uh we're gonna have um we're, we'll talk about obviously jalen brunson's official return date chris haps porzingis official return date because both of them uh were injured in the their lone games last year that they would have uh, been able to play back at the AAC. So a lot of fun stuff to get into in this one. And we'll also touch base on some FIBA World Cup stuff as well, how uh, Josh Green, Dante Exum have been faring for Australia. Um, uh, we can maybe briefly talk about Dwight Powell's um, you know, tenure with the Canadian national team too, for for those in the audience that are uh, eager to hear that. And, you know, of course, you know, what we're looking up, uh, you know, what we're looking forward to. Uh, as we approach this August 25th date where FIBA World Cup play starts. And, you know, of course, Josh Green and Dante Exum for Australia and obviously Luca with the Slovenian national team. We've been covering his preparation games, but unfortunately he missed um, the game versus the USA versus or in it was versus the USA in Spain. Uh, but I believe Luca missed it uh, due to a thigh injury that he had uh, sustained in the, in the game right before that. So um that obviously would have been a really fun game to see, given that we would have saw Luca versus Brunson, um, something that we only got to see once last year. And that was when the Mavericks made their lone trip up to Madison Square Garden. Uh, it will obviously be a, you know, very heated, you know, affair, probably in a in a sort of lighthearted manner, uh, you know, when they got matched up against each other and stuff like that. Um, and on top of that, just getting to see Luca against, you know, the loaded Team USA, even though it's not you know, the full array of all-stars that the USA will probably, you know, take with them uh, to the next Olympics, obviously. It's still a pretty loaded squad, and they definitely have the most talent across the the board in FIBA, Uh, whether they end up capitalizing upon that and, you know, win the whole thing or uh, one of their adversaries in Canada or Australia ends up taking it home remains to be seen. But um, there's, there's a lot going on there. And, you know, obviously Dirk Nowitzki got enshrined into the Basketball Hall of Fame. We have not had a chance to do a podcast uh, since he was enshrined. We did do a podcast kind of previewing everything, um, I think, either on the day that he got inducted or the day before. But we will 
obviously be talking about that in a podcast later tonight that we have scheduled. We're going to have two podcasts today. Uh, just a, a great ebb and flow of content for you guys here today on the Mainstream Mouse podcast. Uh, but we have a special guest incoming to talk about uh, her experience at Dirk Nowinski's Hall of Fame in Shryman, as, as well as a lot of other Mouse-related stuff. So uh, we're really excited to, for that, but we won't be getting into the Dirk Hall of Fame stuff on today's podcast. So just wanted to make sure you guys knew that we were not neglecting it in any capacity, but don't want to reveal too much for tonight as well. So, Jaron, do you have anything else for us before we uh, go ahead and uh, give our credence to our esteemed sponsors over here at Spotify for Podcasters? Yeah, you know, obviously schedule just came out, uh, I mean, a little less than probably 45 minutes ago. So uh, definitely going to be dissecting that. I know tweets have been flying off the board all over Mavs, Mavs Twitter. Uh, so it's been kind of fun to see everybody active. But other than that, I don't think I got anything other than, uh, um, I mean, there's, you know, a few key matchups that I know that we'll get into. But yeah, outside of that, I don't really got anything. All right. Well, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and get into the ad break. Here's an ad from our sponsor, Spotify for Podcasters. We'll be right with you guys right after the break. All right, Jaron. So getting into it, just dissecting the Mavericks 2023-2024 schedule. First off, you know, we can't read too much into the schedule. This isn't some tool that we're going to be using to predict regular season win-loss record. Uh, it, it only has you know, so much that it actually, you know, tells us at the end of the day, because the, you know, at once we actually get into the midst of the schedule, you know, there are way too many variables that, you know, we do have to account for that happen during an NBA season that we have no clue that, you know, you know, what will happen during the Mavericks season at the end of the day. I mean, you know, we obviously have our predictions and our reservations, but, you know, we don't know exactly what's going to happen at the end of the day. There will definitely be some unexpected things that happen. So there's, there's no point in trying to go game by game and, you know, say, oh, the Mavericks going to win this one in January, lose this one in February. That it's obviously redundant. But what are the what are some of the more marquee matchups? You know, for this uh, Maverick schedule that they have out right now, what games are gonna you know hold the most weight? Maybe not not necessarily obviously you know in the win loss column because at the end of the day, every game you know is either just a win or a loss. But you know, from a sentimental perspective or even otherwise, what what games are gonna hold the most weight this year? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the one that does stick out probably the most right now is that opening night matchup against San Antonio. Of course, you know, going up against first overall pick, Victor Wimbanyama. That one is in San Antonio, so it's going to be a little difficult if people are wanting to watch it. But I, I think that that's one that definitely sticks out to me because, again, it's on the national spotlight level. Um, and then right back at it, you know, the two days later against Brooklyn, you get to see Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie uh, face off in the AAC uh, and of course, Kyrie playing his former team in Brooklyn. I think that that's one that, you know, a, a lot of people are going to go to, especially because it is the home opener. Um, but also just from a sentimental value, I think that's one that obviously sticks out to a lot of people. Um, and then outside of that, I think that, you know, you have your um, you have your sort of um, the what is it called? The in-game or the uh, in-season tournament. You have those uh, game or the pool play games against, of course, Denver, the Clippers, New Orleans and Houston. Um, I think we only have one at home or no, we actually have two at home Clippers and Houston. Um, you know, those, I think will stick out. I think those will be kind of a high key matchup in the middle of the week. Um, those will be fun to watch for sure. And then, you know, you move on a little bit, you have that Christmas day game against Phoenix at Phoenix, uh, and you go on a little bit more and then, you know, you get into the fun part where Boston Grant Williams, Chris Epps, Porzingis, uh, in AAC, I, I think that those will be some fun matchups to watch, but I mean, going on. You know, there isn't really 
uh, you know, too, too many games. You know, you have that New York game. I think it's the is it January 11th, I believe, uh, where they are facing off against Brunson for the first time in the AAC. Hopefully, hopefully he stays healthy this one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, of course, some Mavericks coming back, uh, even some now Mavericks uh, playing against former teams. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, it's going to be a, a fun slate of sort of, uh, you know, directions that the Mavericks will have this season. But yeah, I mean, one game that definitely does stick out to me that I'm sure me and Will are going to be attending is that January 22nd one against Boston. Um, that'll be a fun game, especially because KP is coming back for the first time in the AAC and Grant Williams gets to be, gets to play the Boston Celtics. And we get to see how that new look Celtics team uh, fares against the Dallas Mavericks as that's their first matchup, I do believe. Um, so, you know, there's some, there's some games, there's some highlighted games, especially, especially that uh, Christmas day one at Phoenix. Um, you know, there's, um, you know, I, I think in terms of tough sort of marquee matchups, I don't really see any uh, right now, because again, it is just so early in the schedule and you can't really, you know, you can't really name off wins and losses. That's just too hard to do, especially like you said, for every reason that will gave. Uh, but as far as I can see, January, the month itself looks like the hardest month that we're going to have on paper. Uh, I mean, there's Golden State, Lakers, Boston, Phoenix. Like these are all back to back matchups uh, where we're playing, you know, the best of the best in each conference. Um, and even some playoff hopefuls, you know, like New Orleans, um, guys who are teams rather uh, that, you know, could potentially be in a similar column as the Mavericks, you know, in that eight to six spot, wherever the Mavericks do land. Um, there are some teams that are going to be kind of pining for that spot similar to the Mavericks so I think that in terms of playoff implications and just high key matchups the month of January to me looks the hardest um, but again you know you have to go a little bit farther into the the February and March months to see the long stretch of away games uh, I mean I'm kind of just breaking down the schedule here for uh, for all those listening but yeah I mean you know there's there's a, a couple high key matchups and like I said I think January is probably the hardest month hardest month uh, for me in terms of on schedule. Yeah, d January, December range, I think, has been the con consensus, you know, hardest months for the Mavericks, um, not just with this schedule, but in, in previous years, for whatever reason, I think it, it's just typically, um, you know, at the bulk of, um, you know, games just being played every other night with no, you know, break in sight, you know, in October, November, you're, you're kind of still getting adjusted, acclimated, There, there's a lot of those, you know, national TV games, uh, those marquee matchups at the very beginning, you know, of the NBA season. And then it kind of dies down as, you know, lesser teams are, are playing against greater opponents. And there's always a sort of like imbalance there because of, you know, how heavily weighted some of the first few games of the NBA season are. Um, so obviously, you know, November, October is not too egregious. You know, February, you have the all-star break. Um, March is just a, a lighter sort of month, but, um, you know, both in February and March, I, I believe the Mavericks do, you know, play a, a fairly significant amount of away games comparable, uh, to some of the other months. Um, I, I do know that they have, or even if they don't play, you know, a lot of away games, they have a lot more road stretches that, you know, where they'll be on the road for four, you know, five, six games. So that'll be, um, you know, interesting from that perspective, but the strength of schedule in those remaining months isn't necessarily as, you know, egregious as in uh, January and December. And then of course, April is only about half a month before, you know, the playoffs end up starting. So um, that that's always been an interesting wrinkle in my opinion about the Mavericks schedule is that it's always seems to be um, like heavily weighted, almost uh, unequivocally weighted 
um, in, in those uh, January, December months. But um, luckily, uh, you know, the Mavericks are not going to let their their schedule dictate how they play next year. Um, you know, as just as we can't, you know, let the schedule dictate how how they're going to fare because you know a lot of these games could not even be what we think they're going to be. Like certain players may be out. Um, you know, we can only read into the tea leaves so much ahead of these games because we have no clue what the circumstances behind uh, those games at the given time are going to be, you know, like say we play New Orleans and Zion's injured again, you know? So it's obviously, you know, we, we, we'd we be doing ourselves a disservice if, you know, we got up here and even tried to, you know, calculate which stretches the Mavericks will come out of, Um better but you know i think assuredly we can at least agree upon that that january and december stretch uh being something that will definitely define the team you know at least in the regular season um not saying that they can't recover from that because obviously in the 2021-22 season we saw the mavericks have you know that drastic turnaround at the beginning of january 2022 uh and really you know move steadfast in in terms of you know, going in a direction that that put themselves, you know, in the Western Conference Finals eventually. Things can, you know, change at a moment's notice for an NBA team, and they can get hot whenever. It doesn't really necessarily matter their schedule. Um, but, you know, with that being said, the Mavericks, you know, would put themselves in a very hard position if they, you know, end up finishing below 500 or, you know, just have a really rough go at it um, with, you know, those December and January months. So, I think that that's what I'm looking, you know, forward to the most in terms of determining the, you know, strength and the uh, ability to, you know, counter adversity of this Mavericks team. Because last year, I think that there was, you know, more of an attitude of disgruntled and, you know, unsettledment, you know, when the things were going haywire, it, it kind of just seemed like everybody kind of crumbled up and it was a quiet locker room there. The Mavericks, you know, don't have the luxury to, to do that this year after they missed the playoffs last year. Um, they, they need to have really strong mental fortitude because there will be points throughout the season, you know, regardless of how good the Mavericks are, where they suffer a tough loss and they'll be asked to, uh, you know, literally um, the next day or uh, maybe a couple days after face off against an even tougher opponent. They'll They'll need to be ready to, to face the challenge and they, they can't let, you know, any of the outside noise, whether it's the national media criticizing Luca and Kyrie's fit or, you know, the supporting cast around Luca and Kyrie, uh, whatever outside outside noise that they have, uh, they're, they're going to have to, you know, counteract that on a game to game basis. So um, we, I, I think my main point of emphasis for the Mavericks this year, you know, with this schedule is to, to obviously not let the December and January months eat them up. Um, but even if they can, you know, just come out of those months alive, having, you know, at least not lost a ton of back-to-backs. And, you know, if, if they can hold their ground in those months, I, I think that this team, you know, when it's all said and done, will be poised to to finish a little over 500 at the very least, as long as they can at least hold their own uh, during that very tough and integral stretch. Yeah, obviously, you know, and to follow up with what you said, you know, leading into that playoff stretch, uh, you know, you're looking at the late March Uh, all the way through April matchups, I think many would argue that the Mavericks had a fairly easy schedule last year um, and those sort of game stretch. And it's kind of similar to this year where, you know, in that mid-March to, you know, all the way through April, like I said, 
I mean, really the hardest opponent that the Mavericks have to play, um, Sacramento, Golden State, Oklahoma City, Miami, if you want to throw those guys in there. Um, but outside of that, you know, they have a fairly easy stretch. So if the Mavericks are poised to make a playoff push uh, by then, you know, assuming, like you said, that they follow up um, in the the months of December and the months of January uh, with a solid record, then, yeah, we could see these this team poised to make a playoff run. Uh, as they do have a fairly easy schedule, like I said, from March to uh, April. So we'll see what happens. Of course, you know, you can't really predict anything. And, you know, Sacramento, I think, was the one surprising team last year. Many didn't have them even probably going to the play going into the playoffs last year. So, you know, who knows what team could be like that this year? Um, it could be a team that the Mavericks, you know, happen to play later in the season. So, you know, we just don't know um, what's going to happen in any given year in the NBA. So, you know, you can't really predict anything. But as I said before, you know, the the stretch that the Mavericks have right before the playoffs um, on paper seems to be fairly easy right now. So we'll see what exactly happens. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited. I think that, yeah, of course, January um, and I think last year it was what month it was the end of December going into early January, whenever the Mavericks had that seven game win streak. Um, which, you know, many would argue as not really that good. And I think that we would share that sentiment. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the Mavericks are going to have to do something similar along the lines of that, hopefully just more convincingly um, if they want to have a chance at making the playoffs. Because again, like you said, January is going to be a tough month. Um, and those are the months that you're going to have to survive, uh, whether it's going 500 or even a little over 500 to prove that you are a good playoff team at the very least. Yes. And I think a big point of emphasis for the Mavericks this year specifically will, you know, obviously be, you know, to stay persistent when they have a lead at half, when they have a lead at halftime, obviously not playing down to their opponent. Um, Cause that was something that plagued them throughout all last year. And, you know, they have a good enough roster to where that doesn't necessarily need to be applicable this year. And, you know, where they can have at least maybe a, a more stable, you know, set of games that, you know, once you're looking forward to them on the schedule, and we sort of know what's happening, you know, around the NBA as well as with the team, with injuries and all that. You know, we can look at that like right there and be in, you know, with confidence say, okay, that that's probably a stretch where we may be able to maybe maybe able to come out of that with three or four wins. You know, versus last year, last year's team did not leave a lot of leniency in that department. You know, with early season losses that were you know extremely debilitating. Uh, for instance, like that Oklahoma City Thunder loss um, early in the year that. Uh, the Mavericks were up by like 16 points with four minutes left in the fourth quarter and ended up losing uh, in OT or something like that. Like things like that are going to have to be, you know, an, an integral focus for the Mavericks um, as well as their, you know, coaching staff. And I mean, it starts at the top, um, the attitude of, you know, Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving and, you know, how tolerable they treat these, you know, really, really bad losses, you know, because they, they will happen eventually every once in a while, you know, there will just be a stinker sort of game, but you know, it, it, how many of those will the Mavericks have? Cause last year um, they definitely had at least over 10 of those. And, and this year I would say they cannot afford to have like uh, maybe even less than seven or eight of those. Yeah. Um, you know, more, but, more than, more than seven or eight of those, my bad. No. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there was, uh, I mean, a number of games, especially in the first, I would say, three months where the Mavericks just essentially shit the bed. Um, and yeah, I mean, if the Mavericks are poised to, you know, even be a top eight team uh, or even just be one of the better playing teams, uh, you know, those number that number is going to have to be drastically lower than what it was last year. So, 
Um, I, I mean, again, you know, it, it seems like that stretch headed towards the playoffs seems to be a little easier for the Mavericks as it always kind of seems to be. Uh, but we can't say anything because again, you know, I mean, anything can happen in any given season. So, you know, you just don't really know, but yeah, I mean, the, I would say the December sort of matchups, you know, in terms of highlights, those kind of uh, stick out to me. I mean, you got the Christmas Day game against Phoenix, obviously, Cleveland right after that. And then I think you have the Lakers a few games before that. Um, so there's going to be a number of, you know, TNT, ESPN kind of games uh, that are happening during that December stretch, which I'm very excited about. So I think the holidays will once again treat the Mavericks well, uh, as they did last year. We'll see. Um, as we are poised to play Phoenix, but yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to see it. Is there anything, um, I guess that you want to point out, you know, whether it's a, a way stretch or anything, is there anything that you'd like to point out? Yeah. So what, what are your thoughts on, you know, specifically the Mavericks having 20, 28 national TV games? Cause I mean, I feel like we've talked a good enough bit about, you know, the certain junctures of the season that are going to be hard and difficult and what the Mavericks will have to do to, to counteract, um, you know, the, the stigma of, oh, these next three games are are, are losses because they're playing X, Y, and Z, right? So, you know, we, we've talked about that, but speak to the significance of 28 national TV games. You know, nine of those are on NBA TV, so you can say, you know, if you really want to put it this way, 19 national TV games and nine pseudo-national TV games. But uh, do you think that the NBA did, did the Mavericks justice in this instance with this amount of national TV games? Um, I don't know the exact amount that they had last year, but I'm going to look it up real quick. But just, uh, you know, quickly, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, don't don't ask me how I know this, but I'm pretty sure it was 30 last year. So it's going to be a slight decline from uh, the previous year. But um, even still, I think 28 games ranks in the higher half of, uh, in terms of at, least the, at least probably the top 12, top 13 echelon. I would yeah, assume. I think. Yeah, I think it ranks in that higher 15. Uh, of teams that are you know having that national schedule game and don't ask me how I know this of course but I know that Toronto only has three I know that they have they have the lowest um, <laughs> they, so, they actually only have three yeah, they, they have three I, That's I don't know crazy I don't know how many Detroit has had over the last few years but like I feel like that Detroit has maybe had more than three so I don't know but um does the NBA yeah, know, know something that, they... that, that we don't in terms of the uh, potential Siakam trade looming or something like that I mean potentially yeah, yeah. potentially they could be uh they could be gutted out so we'll, we'll see but yeah I, you know 28 games uh like I said definitely ranks in that higher half of uh teams with national scheduled games so I I think it's still a fair number for the Mavericks again Luka Doncic Kyrie Irving that has to be top level head- headlines um so I think that kind of speaks for itself and uh, in itself. Uh, and again, you know, we are playing good teams most likely or more, not most likely, but in general uh, on those stretches, like I think the easiest one that we have is maybe a Houston matchup that's on a national TV. Um, so outside of that, I think that, you know, we do have a solid lineup of uh, ESPN, ABC, TNT, whatever it is. We do have a solid lineup of national t- television, televised games. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think, you can kind of pick and choose uh, which ones are better than others, you know, at least on paper, blah, 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 whatever. So, um, but yeah, I think 28 is a fair number for the Mavericks. I don't know how you feel about that, but I think, um, yeah, I think, I know you said 12 to 13 range. And I think that's probably pretty fair for the Mavericks in my opinion. Yeah. No, I mean, I'd have to look at, look up the exact amount of numbers every national TV and every team has in terms of their national TV games. But I mean, definitely that that's a satisfactory number for me. The Mavericks are playing on Christmas not even going to complain because they played at home last year. So, you know, they, they get a chance to go get revenge in Phoenix where I don't think they won it all last year. 
if, if I stand corrected. No, they did. They did win. Uh, they did win I think it was early January or early December. Okay. Yeah. The Damian yeah. Lee uh, game winner at the first game of the season has skewed my perception, but um, <laughs> that, that's. It was a uh, Lucalus affair. Or, no, no, no. Yeah, it was a Lucalus affair. I think that was the first. No, because he went out really early in the game with like a thigh contusion or something. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he went out in like a minute or two. Interesting. Okay. I, I have a very vague memory of that. I need to look that up. But anyways, um, Jaron's obviously the the remembering all-star. So, you know, since Mr. Factoid over here um, has, has been has been plugging us all this podcast, my last question in regards to the schedule, Jaron, um, what exactly is the midseason tournament? Because you're a little bit more well-versed in it than I am um, in, in terms of the structure of it. Um, how, how is it all going to work? And how many more extra games could the Mavericks potentially play, you know, if they're to make it to the last round of the midseason tournament. Yeah. So the uh, semifinals and the finals are going to be the two extra games, I guess, so-called uh, on the NBA schedule, which I believe will be played in between the 20th and the 21st. It looks like. At least so is that all predicated upon how the Mavericks fare in group play? Yes. Yeah. So okay. in pool play, they will play the Denver Nuggets, Clippers, uh, New Orleans Pelicans, and then of course the Houston Rockets. Um, and I feel like I, I believe they have to finish in the top two of those five teams. Um, and if they do so, then they will join the likes of whatever, because I forget how many groups are. I think there's three per conference. Um, so there's going to be six total groups, which, you know, six times two, that's 12. I think that they battle out, battle it out in a regular season playoff formation until it gets to the semifinals. And then in the semifinals, they go to Vegas and they play out the semifinal match. And then, of course, the final match. And I don't I'm not sure. Uh, if there is like a third place and fourth place match, I don't know. Um, maybe there is, maybe they're not. I'm really not informed on that, but that is how that will be played. And of course, all those matchups, all the pool play matchups will be played in a regular season affair, uh, all in the month of no, all in the month of November, uh, from November 3rd to November 28th, whenever we finish off versus Houston at home. So if you'd like to finish that, or if you'd like to attend that game, I believe it's on a Tuesday, um, which would be kind of fun. So, but yes, um, those games will all be played. I think every NBA team, uh, all their pool plays will be played from November 3rd to November 28th, I believe. Uh, and then I think it's a few days after that, whenever they start the playoffs uh, of that in-season in tournament. And then uh, I do know that the semifinals and the finals match will not count against a regular season record at all. Um, and those games will be played in Las Vegas. I do know that for a fact. Gotcha. So the, but the playoff games will be counted against regular season record, correct? Yes. Until they get to the semifinals. Until they get to the semifinals. So. Yes. On the Mavericks' current schedule, there's only – so how many playoff games is everybody guaranteed to play? Uh, Well, you'd have to do – so 12 to 6 to – well, I, I don't know how they're doing it. I feel like maybe some conferences are going to have two. Same, maybe some are going to have one. Or maybe some are going to have three. Some are going to have two. I don't know. Um, But I don't think anybody's guaranteed a playoff game. I feel like you have to finish top two in your, your, your group or whatever. Okay. So if you're not – so – if you're not guaranteed to play, so you said the playoff games are going to be played in the, in the regular season. in the construct of the regular season. So yes, I mean, so some teams may only play like 80 games if they don't make the playoffs. Um, no, 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 no. So you're still playing 82 full. Okay. Some teams will play 84 if they make it to the semifinals. The semifinals, the but everybody's playing yeah. those those playoff yes, games. Right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. And right, every team makes, is that makes more sense. Playoffs. Yeah. And those every, those... every team is guaranteed four group play. So okay. Yeah, and then those those playoff games are gonna be are are to be announced based on how yes. everybody fares in group play. Yeah, so let's say the Mavericks make it out of group play, they finish second in their group, so they're probably gonna be matched up against one of the better teams in the East. 
um, let's see their first high key matchup versus an Eastern Conference team. Let's say Cleveland uh, that December 27th. So I think that would be considered a playoff game uh, if that were to occur. And then, you know, if they win that, then I think maybe they go straight to the semifinals. Like you may, you may only have to win one playoff game. I'm not sure how that, how that formation or how that format's going to work out. Um, I think that, you know, we'll just kind of have to see, but, you know, say New York made it out, you, that would be the January 11th. And then whatever dates um, that the, that the, um, that the uh, NBA has set for the in season tournament, like the finals to be played, uh, that would be played in Vegas. Like I said earlier. Oh, so I, I didn't even know that. So they don't have a definitive date, like start date. Uh, that them. I'm not sure. They might have a okay. definitive date. I haven't seen a definitive date. Um, I was looking around Twitter for the last hour. I haven't seen one. Um, but again, you know, maybe they're whenever they release the schedules on Tuesday, I believe it was for the in season schedule, uh, or in season tournament, rather. Um, maybe they posted it there, but I'm honestly not sure of that. Okay. Well, we'll we'll have hopefully more information next time. Um, but that's essentially the the sort of construct of the the midseason tournament um from our our correspondent over here jaron um, uh, absolutely I mean, thank you for definitely... ESPN. <laughs> but um nonetheless it all it all does seem uh fairly complex but I, I i do like the way that the nba you know is formatted to you know not sacrifice any games but also you know not add on any unnecessary games for teams you know barring really those you know if you if you make it to the semifinals and the in the championship game, you play two extra games, which, you know, I, I definitely is not, um, not, not going to really do anything in terms of changing the perception of, you know, stats with players, you know, year after year, or, or it's, nor is it going to add like too much extra of a workload onto the individual players. So it, it'll be really interesting to see. I, I wonder if they're, you know, I, I need to look at the new CBA a little bit more in terms of the, the penalizations for like resting players and stuff like that. But I'd be really intrigued if like, you, we get to a certain juncture of the season and, you know, a team's trying to sit out players and like group play or something like that, how the NBA would, uh, how the NBA would uh, respond to that. That would be an interesting wrinkle, but uh, nonetheless, I mean, it's a really exciting season coming up at first. I was opposed to the in-season tournament, but you know, it, it definitely seems in the way that the NBA is formatted. It, it is a fun little thing that, you know, breeds a little competition, perhaps um, more competition than the, the two teams would have to go against each other. And, you know, not to mention rivalry week, um, we yeah. didn't really talk about that during the schedule, but um, I believe that is in January, correct? Yeah, so that our quote for quote rivalry rivalry game uh, would be against Phoenix. I'm trying to see when the date is, um, but it would be I think in January um, or January or February. I think it's February, maybe. I can't yeah. find the game right now, it, but I do like know. Re- that isn't it? Re- is it like relatively around the All Star break though? Yeah. Oh, I think it's it's so it's the uh, January twenty fourth. Yeah, it's right or it's like a month before the All Star break. Yeah. January twenty fourth against Phoenix, um, at at Dallas actually. So, um, that kind of bodes well for us. But yes, it would be nationally televised, and it's like a week long sort of rivalry week thing that the Ma- or that the NBA set up last year. So, yeah, no, that that'll definitely initiate some uh some good games right there, especially since. You know, that is a juncture in the season where, you know, you're just almost waiting to get to the all-star break. It'll be fun Absolutely. to have a few good national TV games, especially because after the all-star break, football season is usually officially over by then. And that's when we start to see more of the Sunday matinee games on ABC and stuff like that. So yeah, you're kind of stretched in before that. You typically don't get as many Sunday games. It's very, you know, week or week or, or Saturday or, you know, Friday heavy. So that, that'll be uh, good for the Mavericks as well. But Barring that, Jaron, do you do you have anything else in, in terms of the schedule? You know, it, it's always fun to cover 
when it comes out and, uh, you know, find whatever angle we can uh, in terms of, you know, how the Mavericks are going to fare given their schedule. But, you know, personally, at the end of the day, you know, there's only so much I feel like we can, you know, talk about into regards to the schedule schedule because, you know, at the end of the day, it is just a piece of paper that says all the games, you know? Yeah, I mean, pretty much that's essentially what it is. I honestly really don't have much to say. Uh, I am looking forward to the in-season tournament. I think that's something that a lot of people are under undervaluing uh, and underrating. And I think, you know, it, it may take a few years uh, for people to, you know, you know, give that some notoriety and give that some, you know, some of the flowers it does deserve. But I'm honestly looking forward to it. Um, I think, like I said, in a few years, who knows, maybe we have some crazy rivalries that are sparked because of a championship game that happens in 2027. You just never know. Um, but I, I think that, you know, it, May not be the first year, not even maybe the first two or three years, but I think uh, eventually teams will start finding that to be competitive. And uh, I think a lot of teams will have things to look forward to, especially maybe even some of the like worse in teams like Washington this year, or maybe not Washington, that might be a very bad example, but like maybe some of these other teams like Minnesota, you know, teams that, even Dallas rather, uh, teams that, you know, necessarily aren't in the contending category, uh, but, you know, potentially early on the season can catch a good team uh, in that playoff bracket. And who knows, maybe they go on to win. Uh, and I think yeah. that's something yeah. that a lot of those mid-tier kind of teams have something to look forward to. So I'm excited to watch it, um, especially because it's brand new. Um, and, you know, it really doesn't add uh, any games or any, like, extended number of, you know, uh, injury possibility or anything like that. So I think it's, it's just gonna, something that works. It's not going to change. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to change like when you're complaining. When you're, when you're, like, comparing players, like, you're, uh, you know, across their careers, you know, seeing that one player won a mid-season tournament, versus you know x other player is not gonna you know yeah exactly it's just come up in an espn debate hopefully but you know i don't know maybe colin cowherd would would bring that up because he's known to have some awful takes (laughs) you you never know (laughs) but uh, But yeah i i would definitely stay um you know i i think that the schedule you can't really break it down as much as we did or you can't really break it down as much more uh than we already did and i mean we can probably just leave it at that honestly and like i said i'm looking forward to the mavericks uh the Mavericks season and uh of course I think um I'm getting more and more hype as the days come along for that San Antonio game uh in San Antonio I think um me and we'll have some potential plans for that one so we'll see yes but, uh, we'll, we'll reveal some of our plans to you guys before we wrap up the podcast we'll, we'll talk about 10 games that me and Jaron handpicked before the podcast to uh attend now we don't know if we can go to all 10 but in an idealistic world uh we would be able to um so you know well those are some games that i think you guys might be entertained uh to potentially go to as well um they're really fun marquee matchups um that we we all had some sort of meaning even if it was uh more personal to us or uh if it was related to the mavericks as to why we selected those games so um we'll we'll definitely talk about that for you guys at the end of the podcast just briefly go over that but jaron let's let's touch base with what's been happening with some of the mavericks and international play Obviously, we'll get into the Dirk Nowitzki Hall and Fame Enshrinement stuff tonight. Um, Dante Exum and Josh Green just had an affair against South Sudan uh, in preparation exhibition games uh, ahead of the ahead of the World Cup. Um, you know, we're not going to go too in depth into it, but you know, how, how are they looking over in, for Australia at the moment? And uh, you know, obviously, potential Maverick, but not a Maverick anymore after I believe. 24 to 36 hours, whatever it was, Matisse Thibault, or Thibault, uh reined in like five threes on like five to six <laughs> shooting or something like that. So that's always uh, great to see him just, you know, having, you know, becoming a sharpman, 
a, a sharpshooter, like literally when that's the, you know, complete antithesis in terms of the, the narrative beyond, you know, behind his game, he's literally, you know, been plagued by his, his one dimensionality on offense, not really being able to do much, but, you know, be a good cutter. Um, and, you know, I, he, he's just hitting threes right off the bat now, but I mean, it's just an exhibition game, so we're not going to trip over it, but if it starts to happen even more, well, we, we, we may have some, uh, some sad, sad, sad affairs on the podcast, but um, I, I would definitely, uh, you know, say that we can at least be excited about what, you know, Dante Exum and Josh Green are doing over there. Uh, I watched the highlights from the, uh, their, their most recent game. And personally, you know, nothing stood out crazy to me uh, from an offensive perspective, but I, you know, I did think that both of them, um, you know, were, were playing extremely good defense, you know, jumping passing lanes, um, staying really aggressive. Um, they, they almost looked like they were, you know, too athletic of specimens for some of the South Sudanese players to, to handle at the point of attack sometimes. Uh, did, did you have anything to take uh, from some of these preparation games? And if you, if you want to speak on, um, you know, Dwight Powell, who's also playing for team Canada um, there, you know, he hasn't really been playing uh, necessarily the best basketball uh, of his career, but, you know, he is getting PT and uh, team Canada is, is poised to try and make a run at USA. So, um, if you'd like to talk about those guys at all, you know, obviously Luca uh, a little bit as well, even though he, he sat out the, the last game versus team USA, the floor is yours. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. The only high, the only, uh, quote for quote highlights of Dwight Powell's, um, so far, uh, FIBA world cup preparation, preparation games that I've seen have been all, but, you know, sort of, uh, funny moments from him either yeah, falling same, or, same. you know, just, just being overly aggressive or, you know, getting a rebound that he should, or just something random like that, uh, which, you know, low lights, not highlights. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Highlights, whatever. Um, but so I can't really speak much on him. Uh, but in terms of Dante Axum and Josh Green, I will admit offensively, Josh Green looks a lot more uh, well-rounded through the five-minute highlights that I watched um, in terms of playmaking. Uh, I think that he, you know, found a couple guys that necessarily, you know, maybe in earlier years he probably wouldn't have found. I thought Axum looked good too. Uh, yeah, Axum did too. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was going to speak on Axum a little bit. I think that he's going to be a sneaky little guy. Or not sneaky little guy, but I think he's going to be <laughs> sneaky in transition. Um, and I think, you know, watching him and Kyrie, um, and Josh Green <clears throat> all pair up together in transition. And even Omax, you can throw him in there now. Um, watching them all together in transition will be really fun. And I think uh, adding Dante Exum in that sort of category of guys will definitely help out the Mavericks in terms of pace and in terms of speed. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens with that. But that was really the only offensive things that – not only, but those are one, some of the offensive things that kind of stuck out to me. Uh, other than Josh Green's like four missed layups or whatever it was, yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything that we need to worry about. Yeah, I mean they were blowing uh, South Sudanese out at the end of the or South Sudan out at the end of the day, so it, it wasn't a game where they need to rely like way you know way too heavily on um th- those guys in the Australian rotation. But I mean they got a deep you know rotation over there in Australia, so it's impressive to see those guys you know making strides and and making plays. But I, I do think Exum's, you know, season with the Mavericks is largely going to be predicated upon how reliable his outside shot is because that'll open a lot, open up a lot of things in terms of him using his ability to get to the rim and attack off closeouts. If he's at least hitting league average from three, um, he hasn't, you know, I'm not going to act like we have a crazy sample size to go off in these last couple games, uh, you know, in Australia's preparation games. But that's definitely something I'm going to monitor as the World Cup continues to go on, you know, when we're tuning into those Australia games, as well as, you know, how much. 
uh, of a leash. Um, Australia, you know, Australia gives Josh Green to handle the ball and stuff like that. Seeing him create for himself uh, in any capacity in international play is going to be intriguing to me for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I I couldn't you know hold more praise to that than yeah. what you just said. So. Um, I'm excited to see, you know, headed into training camp and of course, preseason, what exactly yeah. these guys yeah. can do. Um, I know Josh Green extension talks just opened up. Um, I'm sure we'll get into that into a later episode, maybe not today and maybe not tomorrow, but we'll touch up on it for sure uh, at some point before this week ends. Um, mm-hmm. But transitioning this into our Lord and Savior, Luka Doncic, um, in terms of Slovenians preparation matches. Um, I mean, have we really seen anything that's been like... Uh, well, we have well, seen we, some we absolute his games in which he did good you did. Know, versus Montenegro, yeah. Greece and all that. And uh, I believe it was that game versus Spain. Uh, I didn't even know yes. that they were slated to play that right be- the day before they played USA. And um, he played the first half and sustained a little bit of a thigh injury. And um, he played pretty well in the first half. I didn't get to catch the highlights from that game, but I know I saw the stats on Twitter were really good. Um, they're, they're keeping him out. It doesn't seem to be anything serious. And MRIs came back negative on I believe. Um, so he'll, he'll be back uh, ahead of the actual World Cup. I believe they have maybe one or two preparation games left. Don't quote um, me on that. I know though. one against Japan, I know for sure. And yeah, yeah. That, I'm not sure. So, so we sorry. will get to see Luca play, I think, at least one more time before August 26th when Slovenia uh, kicks off in Group B play of the World Cup um, versus Venezuela, I believe. I think, um, yeah. Venezuela, yeah. So. Like that. Um, that, that is the next time, you know, we'll, we'll get to see everything officially, you know, starting August 25th is when we'll, you know, see these guys go balls to the wall hundred percent, you know, these exhibition games, obviously they're trying and they, they want to win, but the coaches are obviously reserving, you know, you know, emptying out every single wrinkle and, you know, rotation that they have in the book because, uh, they want to save these guys legs a little bit, especially since a lot of them were just playing in the NBA season. Um, but yeah, Josh Green extension talks, um, That'll be interesting to cover. You know, we'll, we'll get more into that, but I'm glad the Mavericks, you know, have surfaced conversations on that. They have until October 23rd to officially get that done. And you you really hope that they would get that done um, given the caliber of, you know, player Josh Green is um, also, you know, how, how much more tradable his contract will be if they do that. And maybe that's obviously not a motivation for him to get that extension, but for the Mavericks for sure. Uh, and then, you know, Lastly, just so he doesn't hit the open market next year, that those are all three reasons why that hopefully gets done. As you know, Australia is still playing over there in the World Cup, and Josh Green's participating. But, but barring that, that's gonna go ahead and wrap it up for this episode. Uh, this has been Will and Jerry with the Mainstream Mouse Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter or X at Mainstream Two One Four. Make sure to follow us on YouTube. Obviously, comment down below. Uh, you know, who are you? What are you most excited for when the FIBA World Cup starts between all the Mavericks playing and stuff like that? What are you most looking forward to? Um, also, give us a like and subscribe if you haven't already. And then make sure to get us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. We really appreciate the feedback. Give us a review, turn on post notice, and we will catch you guys in the next one. Bye-bye.